0: Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. My name is John, Dr. yourself I just want to say that I appreciate you for what you're doing because when I listen to a man that preaches the truth and stands up for God and not compromise, that's what I want. I was saved at 14 and the Lord worked with me through the years and And I've been in low places, and I've failed through the years. But then he took me to the uh, woodshed, and I I know that I'm a child of his because he corrected me, and he brought me to the light. And about 10 or 15 years ago, I was listening. I heard Jane Robolo, and I knew some of her people. And so I started listening to you, Dr. Yousaf, and it encouraged me so. And I've been listening to you since, and I have spent some money at times, and I'm going to be. But I was so down at a one time in my life, for 20 months I was in the hospital. And the Lord had blessed me with a real good job, but I kind of went astray. But I was in the hospital, and, and anyway, the Lord brought me back. And then He started blessing me and blessing me, and I started listening to you. And I've been encouraged so by you that I, I love you, and I just want to tell you how much I do love you. And thank you for your ministry and never compromise because that's the only way that we're going to make it through life. Thank you, my friend.
1: By the way, Dr. Yusuf would like to hear your story as well. He's always blessed to hear how God has used his voice to reach into the hearts and lives of people around the world. If you'd like to share a testimony that might be used on air sometime in the future, we'd encourage you to call 1-300-133-589 and follow the prompts 1-300-133-589. Today on Leading the Way, a challenge from Dr. Yusuf to build a strong faith foundation into the next generation. Whether you're a parent, grandparent, or impact the young lives of co workers in your job responsibilities, here's Dr. Yusuf continuing his series, Preparing the Next Generation. We are one
2: generation away from the loss of faith. One generation away. I don't exaggerate when I tell you that as I look in, around and surroundings in the culture, when I look at the church in general today, I see that we are beginning to look like that generation in the book of Judges that the book of Judges talks about. In Judges chapter 2 verse 10. And after that whole generation, what is he talking about? He's talking about the generation of Joshua who crossed the River Jordan supernaturally, miraculously, with the power of Yahweh, and then took the people of God into the promise of God, and spread them around, and inherited the promised land as God made a promise to Abraham 400 years earlier. All of the teaching and the preaching of Joshua, that whole generation, the Bible said they have been gathered to their fathers, meaning they died. That's sort of the Bible's way of talking. They died. Another generation grew up. Who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Next verse, verse 11. They served the Baals. Now, please, please let me plead with you. (laughs) Take a sober look at our surroundings. We no longer go to the scripture seeking answers for our problems. We are now removing the Bibles out of Navy installations. Historically speaking, we have made villains out of the founding fathers and made heroes out of villains. Churches that once believed and taught and stood for the gospel of Jesus Christ that He alone saves, and now saying that all other religions are of equal value. As many as 70% of all so-called born-again Christians or evangelical believers now believe that all religions are of equal value that everybody's going to make it in the end. What a mockery is that of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, of leaving heaven, coming to earth, dying on a cross. If that's the case, he could have spared himself all of that. Today, there are some miserable people who are mingling a beautiful word, a beautiful English word. And you know what I'm talking about, tolerance. (laughs) Tolerance now means not just loving the sinner, but you have to love the sin. And you have to approve of the sin, and you have to accept the sin. And you have to, in fact, say it's a virtuous thing. And that's what alarms me, and that's what should alarm every one of us. And that is why I've been sounding the alarm. What is it? That we do not have a choice but to take seriously our intercession on behalf of the next generation. That we got to take it dead seriously. That we should not give up on the next generation. But this must begin by us repenting. You see, when the book of Judges said, a new generation arose and began to worship the Baals, that did not happen in a vacuum. That did not happen without the help of the intervening generation. That is the generation between Joshua's generation and that next generation. There was an intervening generation. That is, if you like, the baby boomer generation. The baby boomer generation, my generation, has a lot to answer for. For we have compromised our convictions. We are the ones who are now watching what we would never have watched 30 years ago. We have continued to live only for that which pleases us alone. For it is us who have continued to give the next generation mixed messages. For it is us who have continued to act spiritually on Sunday and then worldly for the rest of the week. It is us who we continue... To tell the next generation, do what I say, not what I do. It is we who continue to be in selective obedience to the Word of God. We are the ones who continue to give in to relativism. For we are the ones who continue to seek our own entertainment and pleasure and our own will instead of obeying the commands of God. Please hear me right on this one. During this time of the judges, if the new generation grew up not to know about Yahweh, it is because the intervening generation became indifferent about Yahweh. Because that intervening generation began to put one foot in the world and one foot with Yahweh. That's how it happened, historically. In fact, my understanding of biblical history is that that intervening generation never ceased to be religious, never ceased of doing charitable work. They never ceased from going through the religious motions. They never ceased from going through the religious activities. They never ceased from going to church. (laughs) Oh, but only if it does not conflict with some of their social activities or sports. All they did was slowly but surely squeeze the truth of who God is out into the margins of life. Slowly but surely, listen to me, they did not deny God. They just mixed Him up with pagan concepts. They never repudiated Yahweh. Oh, no, sir, they would not do that. They just lumped Him together with all other pagan beliefs. They did not ignore Yahweh. (laughs) They just loved the Canaanites' lifestyle a little bit too much. (laughs) And so instead of eliminating secular humanism altogether they adopted it in the churches they brought it into the churches they incorporated it into the church in other words they basically canonized not canonized canonized their faith there's a lot of canonization going on in our culture today can you see it can you see it question are you ready to hear some biblical facts The seed of Israel's departure from the truth began with a small spiritual compromise. Small. Very small. It's imperceptible. You can't see it. One inch at a time. One inch at a time. And then before long, they were in deep trouble. Can you see it in America? Can you see it in the churches? Can you see it in your life? I can see it in mine. I am constant doing examination of my life. Look how far I've got, I've got to repent and turn back. <laughs> this is all well. You know, these Canaanites people, they're just nice people. These Canaanites, are they peaceful people? You marry, intermarry them. Those Canaanites, oh, they just have a different religious point of view. We're the ones who need to be open-minded. We're the ones who just need to be tolerant. The camel's nose under the tent. Have you heard that saying? It's a a legend about a camel who was at 150 degree temperature in the heat of the desert. Supposedly said to the Bedouin, they said, it's so hot out there I'm dying. Can I just put my nose in your tent to cool off? That's all I need. And slowly but surely he began to go. The camel started going into that tent one inch at a time. And before long, he took over the entire tent and the one was out there frying in the heat. (laughs) That's where it came from. Beloved, please listen to me. Once you start believing the lies, soon Christ will be dethroned. Once all the truth becomes relative, soon the truth will become obsolete. Once Christianity becomes just another religion, like all the others, it will soon become stripped of its power. While we are being entertained, Satan and his minions are having strategy meeting. They're having strategy meeting against each one of the children of the living God. They're having strategy meeting against your family. They're having strategy meeting against churches that believe in the Word of God. And while we're resting on our laurels, Satan is working day and night of how to trip us, how to trip our families. So what is the answer? The answer is for the children of the living God to rise up. It is time for the armies of the living God to be the armies of the living God. The answer is to be found when we shake ourselves up out of our stupor and say lovingly and say humbly and say joyfully and, yes, peacefully, that we will not give an inch. We will not give up one single person of the next generation of believers to the enemy. In fact, we need to say with Moses, when Moses said to Pharaoh, not a hoof. Can you say that with me? Not a hoof. Let me put that in context. These are famous words, and they're found in Exodus chapter 10, verse 26. In the Bible, Pharaoh is a type of Satan. And the Pharaoh of Egypt, after every plague, he would negotiate with Moses... Don't ever negotiate with the enemy of your soul. The moment you start negotiating with him, you're already beginning to lose. Don't negotiate with Satan. Say there is right and there is wrong. No negotiation. But Pharaoh always wanted to negotiate. After every plague, he would say, go call upon God. Call upon your God. Take away this plague and then I'll give you this. Or call upon your God to stop this plague and I'll give you that. A little bit here and little bits and pieces. I'll give you a bone here and a bone there. And Moses kept saying, no way. No way, Jose. I know his name was not Jose. It was Pharaoh. <laughs> First, he said to Moses toward the end when he really got worn out with the frogs, <laughs> he said, I'll tell you what. You said your God told you to go for a three days journey to offer a sacrifice. Take all of the men. Leave the women and the children here. You go and you worship God. He said, no way, Jose. All of us. Our kids and our children. Another plague. He said, finally, says, okay, okay, leave your cattle here. He said, no way, because we're going to offer sacrifice to our God from that cattle. Listen, and that's when he finally had enough in Exodus 10, 26. And he said, not a hoof is left behind. This is what every one of us, when we claim the next generation for Christ, must do, must say... Satan, you cannot have any one of ours. Satan, we're not conceding a thing. Satan, we're not compromising. Satan, we're not giving an inch. Satan, not one of ours is going to stay under your control. And you pray, and you don't give up until God answers prayer. And you pray, and you pray, and you never give up until God responds. Pound the doors of heaven until God hears you and answers you. For you are praying according to the will of God. For the promise Peter said is to you and your children in the day of Pentecost. Remember what Jesus said about this widow who pounded on the door of the unjust judge. She pounded until he responded. And God said, because of your importunity, here's another old English word, importunity, God will respond. Let me tell you something. In the early days of my Christian walk, I read about George Mueller. He was the greatest blessing and the greatest pain all at the same time. Because I really did not read all of his biographies. I just read about him and how every time he prayed, God answered his prayer. Everybody he prayed to be saved, got saved. And I said, man, there's something wrong with me. I'm not getting those kinds of answers. And then I read his biography. And I realized that he prayed for some things for some people for 23 years. How do you like them apples? (laughs) Some of us don't even pray for 23 seconds or 23 minutes. For 23 years, he hung on God. He trusted God. He prayed for those people. And he waited and he waited. And that really gave me a great deal of courage. (laughs) I realized that even praying for 10 years is not long enough. Because when I know I'm praying according to the will of God, I don't give up. Let me ask you this. How serious are we going to take our claim of our next generation for Christ? Parathetically, let me say this. If the devil was able to deceive Adam and Eve, whom the Bible said they fellowshiped with God as a friend with fellowship with a friend, you don't think he's going to deceive us? He's working at it. The devil is fighting for the soul of the next generation. And we cannot be polite with the devil. He will eat your lunch, and he'll eat their lunch. (laughs) Don't just give the next generation some money and some education and a pat on the back. Teach them about spiritual warfare. Equip them with the authority of the Word of God. Prepare them for the battle ahead of us. Tell them about the roaring lion. Oh, but don't ever forget to tell them about the Lion of Judah. Get united with other believers. For God is honored when there is repentance. Unite in crying to the lion of Judah that he may whip the roaring lion on your behalf and on behalf of the next generation. Model for them your victory over the enemy of your soul. (laughs) Show them how God delivered you, how God healed you, and how God forgave you. Every time you've repented. It's no use trying to project a a picture that is not true. It is better for them to see your failure and then your repentance and the blessing of God that came as a result of repentance. That will strengthen them. Here's some biblical facts. Our God is a God who perseveres. Our God is the God who never gives up on us. Our God is the one who never lets us down. Our God is the one who never lets us go. Model God. Be like your God. Don't give up. If it takes the rest of your life praying, don't give up. I've been praying for things for years. Now I believe if I don't see the answer to that prayer, I'm going to believe that he's going to answer them in the next generation. But I will not give up. I pray for certain people that I will never give up. And before leaving the people of Israel, you see, Joshua warned them. He warned them. He warned them of the little compromises. It doesn't stay little it becomes big compromises. He constantly warned them. In fact, he let them see from his own life. He allowed it in his biography. How after a great victory in Jericho, he got down there in the little tiny town of Ai and he got clobbered. And he showed them it's the reason because he did not pray. He did not seek the power of God. He thought he's too clever. He thought he was too smart that he could handle it on his own. And when he got clobbered, he turned to the Lord and cried to the Lord. He was modeling for them. And he was warning them. He was warning them with all of his heart. He didn't only do it once, he did it many times. He illustrated them the vision of God. What a mighty and great God they have. And he said to them, if you obey the Lord your God, he will fight your battle for you. Let me ask you this. Only you can answer that between you and God. Are you living in disobedience? Are you living with a secret sin in your life and you wonder why God is not answering you? Here's the words of Joshua. If you obey the Lord your God, he will fight for you. He will fight for the next generation. He will fight even for the third and the fourth generation. But sadly, the intervening generation compromised. And they did not pass that warning. They did not pass this training to the next generation with tragic consequences. See, the problem is not losing salvation. There's no fear of that. The problem, when we keep silent... And everything around us getting darker and darker. And we stay quiet and say nothing and do nothing. And they said, oh, well, what can one person do? The problem is, are we going to suffer? It's not going to be that we're going to be immune. Trust me. We're going to suffer. You remember Lot? The Bible said he was vexed. He was vexed in living in Sodom. I would be vexed too. I'm vexed already in this culture. (laughs) The Bible is very clear that it is the parents' responsibility to train, equip, and prepare the next generation. We're here to serve you, we're here to help you. And when the intervening generation in Joshua's time failed to train, equip, and pray, instruct, the next generation lost the battle. They lost the battle. In fact, the one thing the book of Judges, each generation learned of how gracious God is. For every time a generation cries to God, he sends him a deliverer. Every time the next generation cries to God, he sends him a deliverer. In fact, it's the whole theme of the book of Judges God will always respond to repentance. Unfortunately, when a generation repent and God sends a deliverer, they kind of stop dead in their tracks. They don't go back up. They stay. Then the next generation come, go a little further down. Then further down. They kept going generation after generation in a downward spiral until it became a total disaster. Can you see the downward spiral in the last several decades in our culture? Can you see it in the churches? I believe the Lord longs to have mercy. I believe the Lord longs To hear the cry of repentance. There's so many Christians often think that God's problem is the atheists or the agnostics or the anti-God forces. No, 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 no. His heartache, his grieving is over his children. That's who he cares about. Learn from the scripture about the character of God. Imitate the character of your God. How he grieves over those who name his name one day and live like the world the next. How he grieves over those who turn his grace into license. How he grieves over those who have accepted the world's redefinition of marriage. How he grieves over his children who have mixed Christianity with Islam, calling it Christ-Islam. How he grieves how those who take the name of Christ redefine morality. How he grieves that those who claim to be Christians act and behave just like those who are non-believers. And that is why we are the intervening generation must repent first before we can do anything else. We need to repent. We can keep going downward spiral or we can commit ourselves afresh. Commit ourselves anew, you that we will pray and never give up on the next generation. But it's all going to begin with our repentance. Then commit to the Lord to claiming the next generation for Christ.
1: Will you answer Dr. Yusuf's call to repent and commit to claim the next generation for Jesus Christ? You're listening to Leading the Way with pastor and best-selling author, Dr. Michael Yusuf. Before we run out of time today, let me also encourage you to sign up for what you'll discover to be a very encouraging resource from Leading the Way, and it's free. Each day, Dr. Yusuf sends out what he calls My Devotional. It's a short email in which you'll have the opportunity to reach a few powerful and practical verses from the Bible, and Dr. Yusuf's thoughts to bring those verses to life. It's a perfect read when you have a break in the day or want to refocus on what's really important. Or you can share it with family when you take a moment to chat about life. Order it when you use your computer, tablet or smartphone to visit ltw.org, ltw.org. And I'm sure one of our friendly ministry representatives will help you too. Call 1-300-133-589, one 133 589 Well, that's just about it for today that plan to join us next time right here for Leading the Way.
0: Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.